When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's Didier Drogba. And now Kidd in the middle. Drogba goes! Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2 off the wall. And Didier Drogba has it. Drogba in the centre. McCoy just came to the ground. He's got four back. Possibly bleak as this. Drogba! Madas! Never ended up in McDonald's. And I have had a trophy in one time. What the fuck did I play for the Dunners? He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Chelsea Hour. I am your host, Daniel Soft, back again. And I'm joined by Shemi. What are you saying, Shemi? What's good, my bro? Good. Um, and then we've got a special guest. We've got Carell. Carell from one of my favourite Chelsea podcasts, um, Reactionary Blues. Carell, introduce yourself and then give us a little short plug for Reactionary too. Uh, my name's Carell um, from Reactionary Blues. At the moment, I'm like the Pedri of the of the podcast. I've been doing a lot of episodes recently. Hey. But, you know, we're just a young upstart, man. Looking up to, you know, the Chelsea Hour. You know, you guys have been doing your thing for a while. Oh. And, you know, trying to hit levels, isn't it? So, You're trying to call us old. A pleasure to be here. You're trying to call us uh, old. You're trying to call no, us No, no, no. Young, young as in when we started, isn't it? Like, compared yeah. to you, man. You, know, you, man, you man are young and kicking, man. Don't you're worry. To, you're trying to get us out of it. That's what you're saying. All I'm saying is with the Lacobam of... Um, of, of okay. the yeah, I, I feel you, I feel you. All right, cool. So we're going to get straight into it. This is the day after recording, the day after uh, our last match against Watford. Um, this was almost like a welcome to the Christmas fixture uh, list kind of match, you know what I'm saying? Do you, know those, do you know when people say those wet Tuesday nights in Stoke or whatever? Like this match, it felt like one of them type of matches, winter is coming, like Watford was like the White Walkers and stuff like that. It was crazy because, to be fair, we knew there was going to be a lot of changes. Um, we had a lot of injuries, but I don't know if you was expecting that. So I'm going to come to you. I'm going to get the reaction from the reactionary professional. Um, just in general, we're going to get straight into the match. I just, in general, your your thoughts about that Chelsea Watford match because I saw them against Man United and they were excellent. Even though, like I remember, they they um, they got an early penalty. And they, they messed up, but they were relentless. They kept compressing. And it seems like that's how they've been under Ranieri. So um, what, were you surprised about that match or were you expecting it when you saw the lineup? I wasn't surprised. Like you mentioned in the intro, like we had a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah. um, so personal changes were needed. Plus, we got West Ham on the weekend, which is, you know, our, definitely the bigger game if we're looking at um, calibre of opponent. But like you, um, a lot of people underestimate, not like you, but I'm saying like a lot of my castmates on Reactionary Blue, they um, underestimated what Watford are. And they were like, well, look at their results. And I said, look, 
this Ranieri team, if you saw them against United and even against Leicester yeah. and um, Everton, when they want to press you, they're going to press you and they're, they're dangerous. And I, I thought to myself, when I looked at the lineup, I said, Alonso and Saul mm. on that left-hand, left-hand side yeah. is going to be a problem because that's going to be a game of spot the dummy. And <laughs> evidently so, first 15 minutes, it, it was exactly that. So... <laughs> It wasn't just Alonso and Saul. It was Rudiger. It was Pulisic. That whole left side, they had them clamped. Everyone was doing loose balls. But Shemi, Shemi, what do you think it was? Do you think it was Chelsea being sloppy or are Watford just amazing at the press? Because for me, just quickly, at first I was thinking, yo, that whole left side is bad. But then when they went to the right, they were making Trevor make mistakes. They were making Loftus-Cheek make mistakes. So, yeah, what, what do you think it was? I think it was definitely a combination of both. Um, as, as you guys said, Watford, I, I wasn't underestimating Watford because even though they had a lot of injuries, um, I thought to myself, as long as Emmanuel Dennis is playing, um, they're, they're going to be a threat in attack. And I, and I could see, um, I saw the game against United. Um, I didn't see the game against Leicester. So that's that. And then it was also a combination of us being sloppy as well, because obviously um, a lot of players coming in who haven't really played and are very, very rusty, um, and someone who are just just purely aren't good. So the likes of Alonso, we oh. know, just isn't good. Alonso, um, not good. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, but then you've got the likes of Sal, who's been in the cold for how many weeks now? Um, the and likes rightly of Pulisic, so, just, though. Rightly so. Yeah, rightly, rightly so, rightly so. And then you've got someone like Pulisic just come up from injury. These guys are rusty. So I expected the first kind of like 20, 20 or so minutes to be, to be yeah. like how it was. But I didn't expect it to go on as long as it did because it, right. it went on like into like, in the second half, and I started to get a bit worried. Don't forget, we even had the break. Do you know, like when you have a break, it's like, exactly. okay, cool, let's reset, guys. Do you know, like that kind of team talk that you expect from Thomas, and then changes. But it came out, and it, it was there was no change. They were still pressing us to death. But this is what I want to ask both of you. So it's easy to say now, oh, the reason why they pressed us to death is because of all the changes. But how do you think we cope with, let's say, uh, a Jorginho Kante midfield? Do you feel like it's still a difficult game for us? No chance. Uh, no, no chance. Jimmy, Jimmy, you go first. Sorry, boy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the reason why I was quick to answer that question is because <laughs> um, if you remember me in the, in the group chat, mm-hmm. I was like, I was very frustrated with um, our midfield at halftime because right. I felt like we couldn't, for, for one, we couldn't, the midfield two couldn't get hold of the ball. Yeah. And, and when you look at the caliber of who they were facing, they're coming, to get, coming up against Tom Cleverley and Sissoko, for me to see them kind of get overrun and, and a little bit dominated in the first half was really, really worrying <laughs> to me. And I just thought to myself, if Jorginho or Kante is there or Kovacic, um, any two of those three, I thought to myself, they're getting their foot on the ball, they're controlling that game. Okay. Um, and yeah, what, what what was going on in the first half doesn't but, happen to so the extent. We, we, we may do better to that extent. That's what you say. We may do better. Mm. But I'm trying to ask you, is it still a difficult game? It's so easy. Because we've seen Jorginho and Kovacic have bad Yeah, games. no. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. It's still a difficult game. But I feel like after 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 they ride kind of just the, the little op- initial storm, mm. I feel like they get their foot on the ball and they keep the ball a lot and, and then yeah. we retain the ball a lot better. The fans was like, da, 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 eh, eh, da, 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 eh, and that, their energy just transforms in the pitch, and it just looked like, for some reason, everyone was rattled. I've never seen Rudiger so rattled. Rudiger's supposed to be the rattala. He was rattled, giving away the ball. Yeah. You know what he was looking like? He was looking like Cahill in 17, 18 in that left centre back slot. So, Carole, so Carole, you know, like, yeah. so, so take that. Rudiger, we usually see now be composed. Rudiger was rattled, so maybe Jorginho would have been rattled. Maybe Kovacic would have been rattled, right? Nah, okay. I can see where you're going with this, but the, the thing is, right, you cannot play any game of football yet, especially against a team that presses without press-resistant press midfielders. Like, he had... So when you're looking at him being rattled, yeah, if you look at those instances, is Saul showing for the ball? Is he giving them an easy option? Like, all it ever was was, okay, the risky option is going back to the keeper, but the way they're pressing, they could cut it out. So you have to be smashing it down the line or doing whatever to get out of that trouble. I, I and, hear you. I hear you. But I saw Trevor Chalabar rattled. Maybe just the whole team was rattled. Maybe, you know, that like kind of spreads like a virus and it's like everyone was rattled. Maybe, maybe it was that. But part of me thinks, do you know what? It's just one of those midweek, you know, one of those midweek winter fixtures that, that do you know, like when it gets colder, I feel like teams like Watford, 
for some their power level goes up. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And then like yeah, they, they come alive. Do you know what I'm alive. saying? When the sun What's is out. Go on. I feel like they looked at us um, with the injuries and the obvious the changes that we were going to have to make, and they made a conscious decision to really go for it. I know they did against United, but I was a wounded animal at the time anyway, so they they smelt blood. Yeah. And to be honest, there's not much we could have done. It's similar to like when you play against like a Liverpool when they press you so hard, you cannot get a rhythm. You just have to survive. It's impressive. This is where we're saying the problem is is that it lasted for so long. I thought after 25 minutes they'd be gassed out. Just quickly, yeah. I know like three minutes isn't that like in the in the context of things, three minutes and nine minutes match, it's not that long. But we didn't get up out of our half for three. They seized us from the beginning. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like, I feel like it was even longer than that. And, no, um, no just... so, so it was just a bit like we actually got, the first time we actually got over our half was three was minutes. After three minutes, yeah. yeah we exactly, were still yeah. seized for like 25 minutes. After the break, I was thinking, cool, these guys, Tuchel's going to sort it out. Tuchel's going to make some changes. They came back. They were still pressing us. There was so much aggression out of possession from them guys. Uh, and then Dennis was crazy. But let's let's move on unless anyone's got anything else to add to that. Yeah, just quickly, I just want to add one, just on onto Carell's point about having press system midfielders. I think I agree with that as well. And one thing as well is about um, the progression of um, so with Kovacic and Kante, they're very good at progressing the ball like through their dribbling. Yeah. Um, I've seen so many times where they get the ball in in, in like maybe tight spaces, but they're able to dribble out of it and, and progress mm-hmm. the ball forward. And that just wasn't happening. I, that's what I wanted a bit more from Ruben. I wanted him to kind of dominate and use his kind of physical presence. We're going to talk of, about like, yeah. but yeah, we're, we're going to talk uh, about just, what I thought. Sorry, I just that's what I thought you get with a, like a Kovacic or a Kante if they were playing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what that, that's what we're going to talk, talk about next because we're going to talk about the midfield and the fact that I thought, especially the first half, that game was crazy. By the way, that game was, it was insane. It was crazy because we were like they had us pinned back. We're Chelsea, we're Champions League winners, uh, Premier League leaders. They had us pinned back, and we couldn't. There was no midfield play for us. There was no midfield play at all. One thing I would say is that we were playing a double pivot and I didn't see Salk's like Ruben Loftus Cheek was on the right side of that pivot, right? If I'm correct. And then Sal was on the left side. But in that yeah. whole kind of left side kind of kerfuffle, I saw Pulisic there, I saw Alonso there, I saw, but Sal, he just didn't get involved. I don't understand why Sal wasn't there showing for the ball and all that. No, time. But this is, this is a trait that he's shown this season is like, you know, so out of his appearances, you've got Villa, you've got um, the other Villa in the cup, and then this one, the main freeway. Like Southampton a... in the cup too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but I'll say that's the outline. Southampton, he was actually all right that day. Yeah, he was good. But one thing I've noticed is like, if it's not going well for him early in the game, he starts hiding. Like Boy. he's there, but he's not there. Like you can tell when a player really wants to get on the ball. When Jorginho wants the ball, like he yes. will show, and yes. he stops. He got to a point where he stopped showing for the ball, and that's what made it even worse. I so I, I don't it, I don't even know if he started showing because don't forget those first three minutes, they that left side, they that's all they were just they camped out on our left side, on their right side, obviously. And I didn't see Saul there. So it's not even like at the beginning he was trying. I just didn't see him there. Um I think it's weird with him because like that's the one trait you associate with Spanish midfielders is that even under duress. They want the ball and they want to try and play, and he just doesn't. He yeah. really doesn't. I, I think his I think his confidence is definitely in the mud as well because I think he knows that um, he's really he's really auditioning every time he plays basically, and um, obviously he got dragged um, in his only start against Villa, and I feel like in in this type of game against Watford, if your first few kind of passes and touches aren't there, then it then it starts to play on your mind that right like okay I need to, if I don't pattern up. I'm coming off at half time, and that's exactly what happened. That's he exactly did. what happened. He did, but um, yeah, I don't not not to say that um, like that's an excuse because I do feel like he's not showing what he can show, and I feel like um, yeah, this is just I feel like this is just him, but at the same time, I do feel like his confidence is, is shattered, and I don't think I, it's him. I totally hear it, yeah, but you see, like the way he was moving when we signed him, yeah, like like he wasn't going back to Madrid. That. I thought that would give him a new lease of life, but he's kind of realised that the league and this country, it, so the, maybe he's not up to the tempo or the... Yeah, the yeah, intensity. it's definitely that. He's definitely not up to the intensity. But at the same time, but though, I don't, at the, sorry sorry to cut you off from Carol, but at the same time, I feel like um, in order to get up to speed, 
you do need games. Do you know what I mean? And he's not getting that. So there's no. It's, it's, we're in a we're in a point whereby he can't actually get up to speed because he doesn't play. I'm, and I'm not and I'm not I'm not advocating for him to play by the way because I don't really I don't I don't rate him. I don't feel any way about him. But yeah. I'm just saying like I feel like anytime he's gonna anytime he's thrown in um, into a, a big Premier League match, it's just gonna end like this because he's not he's not you know up to speed. You know what the Southampton match? I know the Southampton had like we just we said earlier that it was a cup match and he played well. And I don't. I, like Southampton are in the Premier League, I know Southampton made changes themselves, but the Aston Villa match, if we was to, if we were to go back, and if you remember, one of the things I was upsetting was the guy wasn't even trying to get involved in the battle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he was letting people run off of him, he was jogging back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this game again, what what like the Southampton match when he played that Southampton match, what I liked about him it was like, okay, every single duel, I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna fight, and yeah. Even if he did make some bad touches at the beginning, everyone was making bad touches at the beginning. What I was disappointed with was where was Saul? That like that left side was him. Don't forget, the whole game was basically be, being played down that left side. That's why Mount barely got a chance. I remember, don't, don't forget, Mount hit the post like the 25th minute or something like that. That was our first attack. That was our first attack. The ball barely went down the right side. And then all of a sudden, the first time it went down the right side, we, we made something good. That whole game was played on the left side, and that was supposed to be Saul's side, and I didn't see him there at all. That's one of the reasons why Rudiger, Alonso, to be fair, Pulisic was just very, very, we'll get on to him, but like, <laughs> Saul wasn't there showing for the ball, and that's why they found it so like, a lot harder as well. So I was really disappointed with that. But also, obviously, he got the yellow card. Um, after, at the end of the match, one of the, the guys, they asked um, Tuchel, where does he go from here? And then Tuchel um, repeated the question, where does he go from here? I don't know. But the, the quotes that came up, I don't know where he goes from here. I thought that he was taking a fist, but he wasn't. He was just repeating the, the journalist's question. But I'm going to ask you guys, where does he go from here? Because as you said, Shemi, you feel like he needs a run of games for him to be useful in these type of matches. The Christmas period is here. We have injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But for someone where it's like two matches now in the Premier League, two drags at half-time, and both matches, we were severely under the cosh, and it feels like we weren't secure in the middle. Um, wh- where does he go from here? We'll start from you, Shemi. Um, t- yeah, it's a difficult one. To be honest, I don't think we see him okay. again, unless... Well, to be fair, Chalo Chalo got injured yesterday, yeah. but I think Jorginho is back because he was on the bench yesterday, so he should be all right to play on the weekend. So as long as, um, as, long as we have two midfielders fit, um, I don't think we see him from the start again. I think he'll just get cameo minutes, um, to be honest. I, I don't think Tuchel's willing to kind of risk it again because it's for you to be dragged twice at half time, that's that's damning. Like, it's very, very damning on what the it manager is, thinks it of you, like how you're performing. So, yeah, it is damning. What I will say is, and this is partly his fault, um, he was on the yellow card, and so uh, Tuchel said, uh, he had to take off one of Alonso. Saul because they were both in yellows and there was actually one time um one time before the second the first half closed where Dennis skinned him and skinned him and got into the box because Saul couldn't commit the foul because he's on the yellow card already so that it wasn't necessarily that it could have been Loftus a lot of people were saying Loftus had a bad half and obviously gave away the goal but because that edge so it might not have been okay Tuchel's being ruthless and he blames it all on Saul it might have just been more tactical but Corel. Um, like I asked me that question, where does he go from here? Um, and I don't want just what you think Chelsea would do. What would you do? Would you just now put him into an icebox never to be seen again? Um, for me, like, going into the game, I kind of expected, like, a Bakayoko 2.0 kind of game where he's going to get overrun. Not with a red card or anything, but I was just expecting, like, nothing good to come out of it. And then he showed me, like, his mentality as a player is when things aren't going particularly well is to hide, to cower, to not be involved, to kind of leave your teammates in the lurch a little bit. So for that reason, um, I mean, we've got Carabao, I guess he can play in that, but I'm not really trying to see him in the league, um, especially in this period, because like you said, this is when the the small boys are waking up because they know we've been playing every three days and they, 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 they know they can nick points. So, I don't think he's built for this. So I don't really want to see him again, to be honest. You, you don't really want to see him. Um, is there anything from the last match, Shemi, you? Was there anything that he, you think he did well? From Watford? <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. 
I'm just Stuff. trying to. I, I, I wish I could. I, I, I have, wish I could say something. I have to, like, as a host, I have to kind of but, think about it. Quickly, Dan, yeah, you know you went for you referenced the Southampton game in the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, am I right in saying we, did we play a free midfield that game? Uh, I think I we don't did. Know. And yeah, and Havertz was up front. So maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he just he's not cut out for the double pivot. Maybe you can thrive a bit more on the free. But yeah, I just that just came maybe. to mind. Or maybe it could be an option for wing back. Like um, it was that's in Africa, what, but obviously he, he doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to play there though. So really I don't know. Play. Wait, wait. You saw the way he got pressed in midfield, and you think he's a better option than... Um, yeah, no, no, it's better for him to... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's better for him. To be fair, when it comes down to it, yeah, like he said, don't think if he doesn't want to play left wing back, this is the position that he wants to play, he's playing shit in. So if he doesn't want to play left wing back, then it's, it's a write-off. But Carol... So, so, so yeah, sorry, Carol, to answer your question, no, it's not, it's not that I think that, it's just that because he was playing there for Atletico. Yeah. But um, apparently, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He, he, the reason why he got out of Atletico was to, to get out from playing wing-back here. Yeah. Uh, so, Carol, do you, um, was, is there anything redeeming about Saul that you've noticed in the last game of in general too? In the last game, no, because you said, you asked, you asked Shemi, did he do anything right? Yeah. I've got asked, did he do anything at all? But um, when he plays in the free, no, I'll be fair to him. Against Villa in the Cup and Southampton in the Cup, I do believe we played free in midfield. He actually looks all right. Like He had a mm. bit more license to get forward. He had a few chances, like shot from outside the box. I remember a header. So he, I feel like if he does play the free, he's he's okay because I feel like he's got that... In his head, he's got that security, that protection. But so, so, going, go on. Uh, no, go on, ask us. No, I was going to say, so if we do see him again, we want to see him in the free. Yeah. I think that that suits him a lot better, like that, that that protective, you know, uh, middle. Maybe. I feel like he's too exposed in the two. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's way too exposed. But maybe that's just him. Maybe just you know what I'm saying. But let's move on because it's easy for someone on loan, someone that's not one of our own. Air quotes. It's easy to trash him. It's easy to kind of you know tell him go away and all that type of stuff. But lost this cheek, and as Chelsea Yawa, obviously I took on the count. And I've been saying even before the hype, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I kept my stocks during the dip. And so um, when he made that mistake, I had loads of people tweeting accounts saying, oh, you said that Loftus-Cheek is a midfield option and look what he's done, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got to talk about Loftus now because we can't just talk about Saul. It was a double pivot and Loftus was part of it and the midfield was bad in general. I feel like it was bad because we weren't playing it to the midfield. And then even when it was going long, it was coming straight back. So RLC's performance, obviously, uh, Kovacic, Kante, uh, injured. Uh, so Loftus-Cheek, Kovacic, Kante, am I missing one? Jorginho injured, yeah? So Loftus-Cheek, this is his time to shine. This is his time. Do you know what I'm saying? People like Chessie Hour have been hyping him up, et cetera, et cetera. And so Shemi, what did you think of his performance? I think the second half was very average. Uh, sorry, first half was very average. Second half was a lot, lot better. Um, I think in the first half, um, yeah, he just didn't really impose himself in the midfield, like what, like what we're used to seeing. You know, like when Ruben plays. Um, so from the two, the last two games aside, so what for United? All the games you've seen of him before that, and like even under different managers, under Sari, whatever. When he plays in the midfield, he gets on the ball. He kind of uses his physical presence to dominate, drive forward, progress the ball with dribbling. And you just didn't see any of that um, yesterday against against a midfield that is just really weak to Soko and Kevin Lee, do you know what I mean? So it, it kind of, it really underwhelmed me because I expect Ruben to be to be literally pamming those, the life out of those two. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't do it. Um, and then obviously it was compounded by the mistake. Um, usually it's funny because when Ruben does that turn, he, he nine times out of 10 does it, he gets it right and he's, he's mm-hmm. off. Um, but but I think credit, credit to Ruben, I think second half when Chaloba got injured and he had to step into the into the the deepest position, mm-hmm. I think he'd done a really good job. Um, defensively, he was very very sound and switched on, mm-hmm. putting a lot of work in the last minutes for us um, to defend that lead. So credit to him. He got a lot better as the game went on, but first half was very average. Cool, Karel. We're going to come to you on the general RLC stuff. Then we'll do a deep dive. So generally, what did you think about RLC? We don't know your opinions. Maybe you hate him. Do you know what I'm saying? You hate people what, like as Kai. a player. Mate, you hate people like Kai for no reason, so maybe... Yeah, you hate- don't do that. Don't okay, be that bad. That's the reactionary <laughs> thing. Um, nah, you know, uh, you know how I feel about Kai, but um, we'll get to him at some point, yeah. I'm sure. But yeah. with Ruben, always loved him, man. Since I, I'm a big... I was a big FA Youth Cup um, watcher from back yeah. in the day. 
Yeah. And like he just was just chef's kiss as a midfielder. Um, didn't really. He's been used like in so many different positions. I don't think he really ever became a specialist in one. Mm-hmm. So even like coming into this season, you know, there's people talking about him playing in the front three, people playing in a two, in a three, whatever it may be. But he's impressed me this year. Like the past few games have been uh, so-so mm-hmm. um, on the balance of, um, you know, on balance. But I think he's been good. Um, people saying using the past few performances as a stick to beat him with yeah. is not it really. These are his first two starts, back-to-back league starts in mm-hmm. God knows how long, probably since he was at Fulham. So uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, even if he got a next start against West Ham, he'd be a lot better, especially with so- the Jorginho next him. I just so, think he was in the kids with um with with Saul there. And I'm not blaming Saul for his performance, but when you don't have a midfielder that you can play with or that can help relieve that pressure for you to go and do what you can do, it's very tough for him to play his own game. Oh, all right. So so what did you think about his performance? Without blaming Saul, because you was like, I'm not gonna blame Saul, then you just blame Saul. But what did you think about Loftus Cheeks specifically his performance? Um Similarly, similar to Echo uh, Shemi, like the first half was was below average, or mm-hmm. I mean, compounded with the mistake, of course. But mm-hmm. second half, I saw a lot more. Like he he helped create, like in terms of the chance with uh, Pulisic, where he kind of overran that and that opportunity, you know, yeah. which is basically his brand at this point. Well, but but like, I don't think want like players can have a bad first half especially when you're rattled that way i can accept that it's about how you come up for the second half if you're not hooked and he stepped up especially after the injury so i can't blame him he was okay overall cool. he was okay cool cool so my take on it before we get into any like deeper stuff number one again i feel like really and truly the game was played on the left side so as much as you'd want loftus cheek to be more involved and stuff like that to be fair sometimes i see the pivot and both the pivot players come over. Do you know what I'm saying? When they notice this danger, both come over to help. And so maybe Loftus Sheet should have come over. Maybe structurally he wasn't supposed to. I don't know. But I do feel like when we looked at that game, if you remember that, Mount really didn't get much on the ball until like the chance that he got and then obviously the goal. Um, because most of the game was played on our uh, left side. And so like really and truly Loftus Cheek wasn't get, but I wasn't as disappointed with Loftus as Saul, just because I, I, I could see structurally he's supposed to be on the other side. Um, and then battling-wise, I think he did okay, first half too. Um, but then there were two chances, like there were two moments in the match where he did his dribbles. Um, and the thing is, I guess my question is, I, could, I think Shemi alluded to it, a lot of the, the times those dribbles come off and they create something and we're applauding. Do you know what I'm saying? When it doesn't go right, is it, is it right to really bash him? So for me, this is just this is my context of it. I think Loftus Cheek needs to understand the game circumstances. If it's towards the end of a half and it's a one-nil lead, probably probably don't take those risks. But also, when you're looking and that the, the defense behind you are rattled, they're clearly rattled. Probably don't take those risks as much in this match. Do you know what I'm saying? So I kind of want him to choose with those dribbles, but at the same time, look. We can't praise the dribbles on one hand and then whenever it goes wrong, like slam him. So, Shemi, I want to ask you about Loftus-Cheek and his dribbling. Oh, the dribbling. Yeah, sorry. I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, so with me, that's why I didn't bash him over the mistake because I've seen him do that nine times out of ten and then he's completely off. He's barging a midfield out of the way and he's creating something. So, yeah, I, I, I really do like it when... Um, when he does those dribbles, I love it. That's why I didn't bash him for it. And for me, it's good when your midfielders can can take the, the, a little bit of that risk um, and get you up the pitch, which is what he, which is one of his strengths. But does he need a little um, bit of adjustment? Does he need a little bit of adjustment to like picking and choosing? So, yes, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But for me, I don't know. I don't feel like I've seen him do it in a risky area. Um, until the last two games. So I know he had one against United, which almost, which he lost the ball. Mm-hmm. And then obviously last game. But before that, I feel like he was doing it at the, at the appropriate time. Or potentially he didn't get caught. So Southampton game, he did it a lot. And a lot of them, I was surprised that he got through. If got, they yeah, won the, it's true. I remember it's true. If yeah, they yeah, won yeah. the ball, then that would have mm-hmm. been a transit. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. But what I will also yeah, say is yeah. the, the last match, he, 
the area wasn't the issue because I think he took the risk quite high up. But the problem is understanding the match scenario. The match scenario, we wasn't comfortable. If we was comfortable and was closing down all counters, cool. But taking that risk in that, it's like you already see we're struggling and now you're going to create a transition. That's going to, that, that's going to be um, an issue. Karel, what's your thoughts on a lot of the seeking and dribbling? Is it one of those things where it's like, do you know what? We can't, if we, we have to take the rough with the smooth route. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess he, he, he suffers from kind of like the poverty in it where like they, they always just want to play their natural game and just do what they do, good or bad. Um, I agree with what you were saying, Danny. You can't praise him with one hand and beat him with the other for doing the exact same thing, whether it comes on or comes off or not. Like it is what it is. I think with with me, his dribbling, it, it's not the dribbling itself, it's what he does after the dribble as well. Mm-hmm. So we can look at it, say, like when he's oh, okay, yeah, he might lose possession now and again. But sometimes when he gets through, it's the indecisiveness afterwards that kind of mm-hmm. kills the attack. Especially like we saw that against United a couple of times. And that would be my only thing where it's just like okay. once you get past as a dribbler, you need to have that idea in your head of what you want to do. And I feel like sometimes he lacks that. So in last terms game, of... The last game, he uh, did well. When he got through, like, that like was a couple of times second half, like we all said, that he played better in the second half. Maybe... Um, but then, yeah, he was... I think his passing was quite good, right? Was it just me? Um, what, last game was in United or what? No, 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 Watford. Watford. Um, yeah, because obviously he got the... He created the chance for Pulisic and yeah. um, he... He kept it moving better. But I'm saying I want that consistently through throughout the 90 minutes of a game if he's playing because he will do it in certain aspects and in other aspects he'll kind of like dilly-dally a little bit and then kill. Like you will see runs happening and he will kind of dilly-dally for a second and then the picture's gone that was already there for him. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess that comes with not starting games often because you don't really understand the rhythm of your teammates as well as also, someone else. Also, what I say is, I think people generally are way too harsh on players in terms of finding like there was a we'll get onto Pulisic later, but there was an opportunity where Pulisic could slip in uh, Kai, and I get like when you're watching it and you're like, if they get this ball right, then it's going to create a good chance. But really and truly, there's so many moving parts when you're a player like that, and I feel like people always expect people to get the the through ball now done. And it's, it just doesn't work like that. Footballs aren't always nailed on. And so Loftus-Cheek was getting, I know like previously Man United, et cetera, et cetera. You see him creating all of these opportunities because of his dribbling, et cetera, to do a good football. Not all of them is going to come off. And I just don't think that's, I just feel like that's in general. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like sometimes people are always like, oh, Mount messes up this football, Barkley messes up, et cetera, et cetera. Who gets it always right? We've, we brought in ZH to get it always right. He doesn't always get it right. Havertz doesn't always get it right. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like there needs to be a bit more acceptance of the fact that it's not always going to be um, perfect execution. Yeah, it's not FIFA, in it? Like, people think it's FIFA. You just press triangle yeah. and it goes to the... And then they, you, you know what I'm saying? And um, I, I, I would say, I know we're not speaking about Pulisic yet, but even you were talking about that specific instance. Let's get, let's uh, wait, uh, let's wait for that. Let's wait for the Pulisic. We, we're okay, going. okay. Because uh, I want to talk about that one instant as well. And yeah, um, we'll get yeah. to it. We'll get to it. What I'll say is, um, wrapping up the RLC bit, Kovacic has made plenty of mistakes um, dribbling out as well. So we didn't kill him and everybody loves him now. So like Ruben off the sheet, just getting his starts again for Chelsea. We shouldn't, in my opinion, kill him. Now I want to talk about uh, Mount and we can talk about Alonso after, but obviously Mount in terms of his game. So Mount, uh, like we said earlier, one of the first attacks hits the post, which is good. Obviously not good to hit the post, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, He's actually been a goal for it. Like, and then obviously he scores the goal too. Um, and then he gets an assist. So in general, that's looking like actually that's a top game. But really intrigued, like I said, first half he wasn't really in the game. I think second half he got moved to help in the midfield. Uh, Shemi, general thoughts on Mount that game. Was it an epic game? Was it an okay game with great moments? What do you think? Um, it wasn't epic by any stretch of imagination, but he he was decisive, and it, it in in the in the context of the game, mm-hmm. um, considering how we were under um, the course and how we didn't play well, um, yeah, just all credit to him because he he delivered when it mattered mm-hmm. um, with with the goal and the assist. So yeah, I have to give all credit to him. But in terms of the actual performance, um, like if you're looking at it d- detailed, 
Um, yeah, like I said, he wasn't actually at first half. He wasn't in the game because, you know, number one, we couldn't really get the ball. And number two, we didn't really play down his side. Mm-hmm. And then um, second half, obviously, moving into the midfield to do a bit of work with, um, with Ziyech to help to cover Ruben, you know, he kind of had to take one for the team there. But the, just but just because he was able to deliver two quality moments, um, yeah, all credit to him. He wasn't my manager match. My manager match was Kai. But yeah. um, because he was so decisive, um, yeah, um, all credit to him. You have to give credit to him, okay. yeah. Cool, cool. Carell, Carell, hearing what Shem said, do you agree with that? Um, he had, like, decisive moments. So even though he didn't have a great game, that's still, like, really true. That's still a good game, isn't it? Because you've got the side of money. Like sometimes in, in football, uh, well, so, sometimes with our fan base, when it comes to Mount, we like to nitpick a lot. Um, every single moment, someone's got a, a notepad to say, well, he missed this pass, he did this, he did that. At the end of the day, he won us the game really and truly with golden assists. What I liked about him in this game is more so than in others, he showed an element of composure. Yep. Because a lot of the times, that, that chance he gets to score, he tries to smash it, he hits the bar, he goes over, he goes wide. With the pass to ZX, he probably tries to cut in and do something like ridiculous that he shouldn't have done in that place. So I like the composure that he showed and the fact that, you know, he started off in the front three, ended up in midfield and, you know, did his part for the team. I have to just say it's a good performance. People can say it's average, but if you look on the balance of the game, we're talking about how under the cross we were first half, even going into the second half, you have to take what you can get out of the game. It's not every, not everything's going to yeah. be peaches and cream. Exactly. So exactly. And, and um, I think, I think for me, just to add on two things. I think um, not every good performance has to be, um, you know, like how Kai was in very involved and very, you know, you saw him like throughout the whole game. Sometimes yeah. it is just those few moments that that can make you have a good game. And outside of that, if you weren't involved, you weren't involved. It is, it is what it is. But also, just another thing on those moments, I think the the the, the finish and the um, assist for me, like I, I like Mason Mount, I, I rate him, and I think I know he has that in him. So it's like, um, like yeah, I just want to see him do it a little bit more consistently. Um, that's number one. And number two, um, what was the other one? Yeah, just just retain the composure, basically. That that was it. That's it, really. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, he has it. He has it in him. He's got tech. Like I, the guy, he should be contributing more in terms of goals and assists. But yeah, yeah, I I agree with you that he's got tech, and I think that yeah, those are two moves out of his locker in terms of going down the side of the box and crossing it. And he's been doing that since he's come back, and he's probably been doing it before. So I feel like that he's always had, but that's not necessarily a composure thing. You know what I'm saying? Going down the side and kind of questing in. Verda does that shit too. That's not necessarily a. Comp- that's what I'm saying. Was the was the goal? I think when he side footed it. I think yeah, yeah, it yeah. So with the, with the goal as well. Yeah, maybe. But I think I, d- I definitely think he had a composed game compared to normal. But I think yeah, yeah. I think when he first I think when he first came back in after he was a little trying to win his place back. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rocked from because he's used to starting. And I feel like that's why I, I like him kind of just a bit more composed. And I think he did that. But um, what, what was interesting as well is that when ZH first came on, I know we switched to a, a 3-5-2 and Mount came back in midfield, but that didn't happen straight away. But it, it was interesting because ZH is obviously a winger and you'd think Mount is more of a midfielder. Why don't you think in, initially Mount went straight into the midfield with Ruben and then ZH went into the wing position? So that's just something that came up. Yeah, I think it's I think it's quite simple because Ruben and Mount are naturally both number eights. I think. Yeah. But then Zich so is attacking too. No, no, no. But if you're playing free, it's a bit different though. If you're playing free. But did, so are you saying, and maybe I didn't notice, are you saying as soon as Zich came on, we played a free? Because I thought so, yeah, so 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 what so what happened was um Chaloba got injured and he yeah. pushed and he brought, he brought Zich on mm-hmm. um to play with Mount. Um in front of Ruben, so I think what okay, so cool. cool. That's fine. I, so I, I think I think it was it was yeah. it was deliberate from Tuchel. And um, sorry, just to finish my point, I think when you've got um, so the, the thing that one the one characteristic about Mount Ziyech and um Ruben to an extent, but particularly Mount Ziyech is that they're intense and they work. Mm-hmm. Ziyech Ziyech gets about the pitch. So mm-hmm. if you put them to um alongside Ruben, like even though they're all attack minded it can work. Do you know what I mean? Because they yeah. can all kind of put in the work yeah, no for it to be um, a bit more solid, if that makes sense. Z- so um, played... I think that was the thinking behind it. Yeah, ZH has played central midfield as well, but obviously Mount is more of a central midfield. What, exactly, I, thought, yeah. what I thought initially is that I, I thought initially we went into a double pivot, but you're saying 
as soon as ZH came on, was playing a free, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, I think as soon as, as, soon as he came on, he was okay. playing there. And also, I think it would have been risky to play Mount and Ruben when we when we were still um, drawing. Yeah, of course, of course. I thought, yeah, yeah I just thought that in, for a little bit we was playing ZH and Ruben, but maybe I was wrong. All right. So since let's dovetail off Mount to Alonso. Now, you both said just about five minutes ago, if you have two great contributions then forget about the rest of it. It's a good game. Do you know what I'm saying? You had good contributions. Now, Alonso had two really good contributions for both goals. So does that argument extend to Alonso? will come to you first, Carol. To a degree, yes. Because to a degree? Why to a degree? He's Spanish. Because he's not from the academy. Because he's not one of our own. No, but I'm saying it from the perspective of like, how can I put it? Like, that's his... I, that we know that's his game in it, the attacking side of the game in it. But when you look at how the game began mm-hmm. and how like how we got ran around really, and how he wasn't beat like even looking close to beating any kind of press that was coming his way, mm-hmm. it kind of knocked some points off. I can't give maybe because Mark wasn't in the game first. Yeah, yeah, no, for, yeah, the reason the reason why it doesn't extend to Alonso is because Alonso was actively nasty piece Alonso of Alonso was actively messing us up. Like he, he was, was actively, actively on purpose. He was no, he was no, as in like he was he, he was losing the ball. He was giving away free kicks in dangerous positions. His he, passing he was, was off. He was actively the pitch yeah yeah. Where everyone was getting pressed to death, and that's not hold on, hold on. Cool. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Sal that, wasn't fine. helping him out. Sal wasn't helping him out. And I hear all of that. I hear all of that. But this is not. This is not. This is not just this game. We've seen him do this plenty <laughs> of times before. This is. This is Alonso's characteristics. Like we know, it's not just this right. game. So, so the, that's the reason why the grace doesn't extend to Alonso. Where is different to, with Mount? Someone has to stand up for the xenophobia, xenophobia against the Spanish <laughs> Armada and the Chelsea. This is crazy. So, so basically, Shems, you're saying it, it doesn't extend. But what are we saying? Because he had. The touch to bring it so, down, yeah, w- was amazing. Even though he was having a tough time, he found the yeah. Um, and he was the one that that I think he's was the most important part of the goal. I think part of the most important part, anyway. But so so part of it, yeah. yeah. So what are we saying for Alonso's performance? Because he was involved in both of the goals. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it's that's what we're saying is is that it's typical Alonso. Alonso is going to give you some quality moments in the box, in and around the box, but everything before that, in the defensive phase, in the middle phase, is going to be shocking. Okay. That's just that's 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 typical Alonso. That's what we're saying. <laughs> to be honest, and do you know what I mean? So no, I was just going to say before the goal, his biggest contribution was po- like pointing out the the fan that was hurt in the stand. Or was, true. Um, I forgot that. that, that so that that's another. And I don't say that to be cruel. I don't say that to be cruel. Like, I hope the fans well and everything. Like, but yeah. I genuinely I thought right. So the way the game started, he's being pressed to death. Everything's going peak. That happens, right? We have like a 10-15 minute break. I thought he was going to come back and understand the assignment of you're being pressed to death. You're not the most press resistant player. Work with it. You're experienced pro, and he didn't. Everyone was but, getting pressed to death. No, but it's like with Alonso, like. I think maybe he's a victim of his prior crimes in it because he's been pressed less and, whoa, and done the same whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa. No, no, it's whoa. facts, it's facts. When you've, when you've committed many crimes, there's many crimes as he has, yeah, is very, is whoa, very, whoa, is whoa, very whoa, the leeway you get, the leeway you get is, is very small. Okay. Like he's, 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 he's cost us too many times. I'm sorry. Right, cool. I think we should move on to the section just in case. Um, but what I will say is I just... I'm not aligned to Alonso. I'm not supporting Alonso, just in case people start taking it like, oh, Dan's got stops in Alonso. No, I don't. Um, okay, so Pulisic. Pulisic, Pulisic, Pulisic. Uh, what is what did um Ben called him again? Ben Luke, Ben Luke, he had a name for him. I forgot. What he oh man, man. Hazard Light. <laughs> Hazard Light. Okay. Pulisic, Pulisic, Pulisic. So Pulisic, I'll I'll give my opinion first. Horrible. Like when it comes down to it, the beginning of the match, I know everyone's getting pressed to death anyway. But for someone that really and truly should have close control, he was losing the ball so much. And then beyond that, beyond that, because everyone was kind of losing the ball, Rudiger, everyone had loose passes. So okay, cool. But obviously, he acts to be fair, where I can put him above Saul, he was showing up in terms of fighting, etc. He even came into the middle to kind of help out. But then sometimes he'll get the ball. 
and then he'd pass it back to defenders when really and truly we need to relieve the pressure. He's putting the pressure back onto us. I'm like, what is going on? And so like his touches was all over the place. Uh, we're going to get to you, Carol, because you mentioned it earlier, but I think a couple of times he over dribbled rather than passing. I think that, remember you talked about Loftus putting him through and then he over dribbled it, he could have passed it. And then obviously the Kai one, I think he over dribbled rather than passing it. And it's like with Pulisic, I don't know, like, some, I remember we did a podcast, we did, I think, for the Patriot, check it out, and Shemi, we were saying, okay, we don't even want to see Winger Pulisic anymore, we just want to see him down the middle, because he does have that kind of heart to get on the end of things, and from what I've noticed from Pulisic is, mostly he's good when he receives the ball in motion, he's like, do you know the boy's in motion, like, he just, like, when he's dribbling in motion, cool, like the Man City goal he scored in lockdown, got the ball in motion, amazing, but a lot of the other things, it's like, and obviously getting into the box to get on the ball things when he's in motion again, good. But a lot of the other stuff is leaving a lot to be desired for. So I'm going to come to you, Carol. What is your thoughts on Pulisic, specifically the Watford game? We don't want to get into the whole history. Uh, right, I'm, I'm going to give like, because obviously I'm new here in it. So oh, I'm hearing you guys have names for, you might have names for him, like Hazard Light, right now he's playing like Killian Hazard Light, like Eden Light. <laughs> ever since he signed up Puma deal, he's been shocking. Like, ever since he put those boots on, yeah, he's been shocking. But what I would say is with him is, out of our forwards, he's the one with probably, maybe other than Kai, he's got the biggest killer instinct in terms of wanting to get goals. Like, he actually actively wants to score. Um, people will kill him for not passing to Kai on that um, transitional uh, chance. But, if you look at the chance closely, and I'm not criticising the player for this, because I know Dan thinks I'm on him all the time, but it wasn't the best run from Kai to give That's him an angle to pass. With the Ruben chance that passed him, it wasn't the perfect pass because, again, he had to check his run a little bit, so got run a little bit wider. But his issue is he doesn't have the presence of mind to be like, if the goal, me scoring, is not on, let me hold it up a little bit or take it down the line and let other people catch up to the play mm. and, and, and give them a goal-scoring chance. He wants to, like... He thinks, like, because he did it at Real Madrid, I think he thinks he can do it everywhere where he can just run across the box and at some point a shooting opportunity is going to come. Mm-hmm. And then he just drops it on Loftus-Cheek's uh, toes and says, deal with it. Yeah. Now he's taking a rubbish shot because he didn't give him a good, um, you know, good, a good opportunity to score. Yeah. Um, I think Pulisic, he's just frustrating. He is what he is. Like, he could play the exact same way on Sunday and score two goals or he can play like he did yesterday he's just one of those guys but in terms of yesterday's performance yeah after Saul yeah it's him and I think if we didn't have so many injuries uh, the two uh, well I say injury if Saul never got hooked and Chalaba didn't get injured he was probably going to be the the one that was going to be subbed off first because he just wasn't cutting it come on 100% and I just want to clarify something yeah the Hazard Light thing was one man. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't Chessy Hour. It was one man. The views of the views of the guy is the views of the guy. That's what I, I want to say. What do you What do you have to add to Pulisic? But um, yeah, I just don't like him as um, playing in an attack because he turns over the ball too much, um, and his ball attention generally isn't isn't great. Um, yeah, I think you pretty much, I think, um, sorry, Carell pretty much hit the name on the, the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this has been him for a while now. Um, yeah. you know, it's not lockdown anymore. Lockdown was over a, a year and a half. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think, yeah. I think even on the Lampard, um, the, um, Lampard season last year, um, he was getting quite a lot of starts when he came back from injury. And again, wasn't too impressive for me. Again, on the Tuchel, I think Tuchel, he had some decent moments, you know, um, the game against Madrid, the two games against Madrid in particular were really good. But I think he's just, he's just, he's a, he's, a, he's much better come off the bench for me. I think as a starter, um, he doesn't impact the game um, consistently enough, the 90 minutes to be um, a certified starter. Yeah. I think when he comes off off the bench, so if, if, you, if people go back and watch the, um, the cameo he had against Real Madrid in the second leg, that cameo was amazing. It was amazing, and that's and even in the in the final against Manchester City, um, when 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 the team's tired, there's a bit of space in behind. He can come on because he's really quick, and he's got tech as well. If he, if he gets a chance in the box, he's he's, he's going to do something with it. But um, in terms of 
across the 90 minutes when you're like kind of giving him the ball in wide areas, 1v1 against defender and expecting him to do something, like weave a bit of magic, he's just not really the guy for it. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. But I think I think as a as an impact sub, um, he, he he can add something, but just not from the start. Can so, I add, like, I, I think, I feel like he's better against the better teams, you know? Like, the way, like, against the Man City or Liverpool, I feel like he plays a lot better than he does against teams lower, than, unless it's Palace, but he plays a lot better, like, against teams that, like, press us, like I'm you said, the space I'm, I'm, in behind. Okay. I'm writing the conditions down. So, Saul has to play in a free, Pulisic has to play against better teams. What else have we got? Any other <laughs> scenarios? Um... Oh no, no, I'm not even gonna go down that road because people start thinking I'm, I'm I'm even mad. Well, okay, Kai has to play down the middle in it. That's that's what I've learned as Let's, well. Before but, we move on to Kai, I, I want to talk about uh ZH. Talking about um someone coming on off the pit uh off the bench yeah, he's the same. Uh, he's the same in how in terms of I I don't think he gives it from the start, he'll frustrate you. But if you give him a limited time, like fifteen minutes, twenty, he he might give you a little one moment of magic because he's got a, he's got because he's got a really good left foot. He might give you that one moment. Do you know what I mean? But across the ninety minutes, you're basically saying um, the frustrated the frustration is limited when you bring him on. Um, yes, that that is it. That is it right there. No on the head. The frustration said, is limited. <laughs> That's it right there. Jimmy, though, Jimmy, you Go just on. said he's got a really good left foot. Yet, has yeah. he though? I'll, has you know he? what? You know what? You know what? Like, I know, I know what you're getting at in the sense that it's all it's all attempts, no hits. But I feel like I do feel like he has got. He just doesn't use it properly. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's frustrating. Like, if CH was, let's say, um, like, if you look at his catalog of goals for Chelsea, yeah, I think Dan was saying this in the group chat the other day, um, which was right. If you look at his goals for Chelsea, yeah, some some of them are actually really good finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some of them he showed a lot of composure in. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And what? even his, if, if you look at his assists as well, um, again, you, you, you see the left foot, like it's, it's there in it. But like I said, like he, when, he's, when, he's, when he plays from the start, you just get so many of the bad stuff that, you know what I mean? It just completely overrides it. But, so, so, yeah, so man. Ziyech, if he didn't score that goal yesterday, I'm sure that people would have said, Sell him straight away because he came off the bench. Oh no, no, he, he still played crap. He yeah, still, he was giving the ball away. Yeah, he, you know what I'm saying. But and the worst thing is, listen, we're doing this podcast. We're talking about how Pulisic turns over the ball, Alonso turns over the ball, Ziyech does it. It's like one of the reasons why I do appreciate Mount is at least he's technically secure. He can keep the ball. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like with Ziyech, even if it's not always him losing it, just his choices. I know, like sometimes it's like, okay, cool, let me do this pass quickly. Because the quicker I can do it, the more for me it's the it's the execution of the edge and his yeah. yeah. execution. It's overhit, like more often than not. Yeah. Like yeah, man, Ugh, I can't do he, that. He's the guy. Yeah, I don't know if you man like have like played or watched like non-league football it, and the manager will say like, just hit the channels. I won't complain in it, but someone should be there. That's how he plays football. It's just like to put it in an area. Ideally, someone should be there, but if you're actually looking at it, no one's there. So why are you playing it there? Yeah, like facts. It's like he says, or he turns around and goes, "Well, I played it to the back post, but no one was at the back post. So what are you doing?" And his yeah. his biggest issue is he is a turnover machine because he literally relies on playing a killer pass every time he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. I never see him just do like the simple things that just Carole, keeps it ticking. Corral, if you look at his yeah. last seven games. I'm hearing stuff like two goals, three assists. And so it's one of those things, we hear United fans talk about Bruno all the time. It's one of those things where it's actually, do you know what? You just have to suffer. Like, you have to suffer. And then get no, 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 because he doesn't give you the output that Bruno gives. He but doesn't he, give you anything close to that. But he's given us two goals and three assists in his last seven starts. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll see in it. We'll see if he, if he can sustain it, big man. But for now, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know and, what I mean? And also, also something interesting, yeah, about the those was it two, was it two, two goals, assists? three assists, two goals, two goals three assists. So, so he scored in yesterday, and he scored in the Marmo game as well, right? And yeah. if I, so, those are the two games he started. And if I remember correctly, the Marmo game he wasn't good as well. Up until yeah. he scored, yeah, but, but he the Leicester game. Shemmy. Shemmy. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, no, no, hold on. Wait, let me finish. Okay, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. But the Leicester game, the Leicester game, 
the Leicester game, he came on for a cameo and he was actually good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think I feel like that kind of that's kind of giving me some weight in my no, point about him. One, you can't because... just run <laughs> Get out of it. What? Yeah. Get out of it. Listen, <laughs> you can't wrap up. We got to wrap up. We got to wrap up because we can move on. We can move on. But we're talking about um, Kai Havertz, and right now I want to give the stage to Corel because Corel, for some reason, has an agenda uh, against my boy Kai. I don't understand why, and I'd like you to explain your agenda first, and then I'd like you to apologize to the Chessy Fowler, our uh, fan base, and and basically all Kai fans, and then I'd like you to um, talk about his game yesterday. Okay, so. Um... For the Chelsea Hour listeners, I'm sure you guys heard, you know, the, the, the debate we had on our podcast on Reactionary Blues about Kai Havertz. I don't have an agenda against Kai Havertz. I just believe he's the most coddled player out of our main starters. Like, every, every, time, every time he has a bad performance, it's not his fault. It's this, it's that. It was raining. He was on the right. He was on the left. He, he was playing with this guy. He was doing it. Like, that was my issue with him. Now... Will I apologise? Absolutely not. But what I will do is I will praise him for the performance that he had yesterday because he played absolutely sensationally and he played exactly how I want him to play. I don't care if he gets goals. He got an assist. I don't care if he gets goals or assists. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not necessarily a player built on that unless you're going to tell me he's a striker, which from then I'm going to start looking at goals. But the way he, the way he controlled that back four the way he dealt with a Kong trying to murder him every three minutes, every time he touched the ball, man was trying to take him out. He dealt with it. And I just said, like, that's the performance I want from you, Kai. If he gives me five of those in a row, Dan, I will apologise to you personally on my personal account. I don't, I don't, I don't even want your apology, man. You're a dirty Kai hater. No, man. you do, because you are straight. Yeah, yeah, for the audience, for the audience, not for me. I, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, I will. Give me five in a row. (laughs) I'm playing. I'm playing. I'll do it. I don't mind. Listen, just that I was messed about. Obviously, look, the fact that you can praise him after a good performance shows that it's not really just irrational. You just want more from him, right? Of course. Yeah, but so so why don't you want more from other players like Mount? Oh, I do. But you know, like with him, um, I actually believe he has another level. Um, Some of these other guys, even as young as they are, they are what they are in it. Like, I don't see them being... Like, Mount, uh, it's always the Mount Havertz kind of debate. Like, Mount, his skill set is his skill set. And I believe, as a player, only taking so far. I feel like Kai has an X factor. I look at him, and they might not be exactly the same, but I see Thomas Muller, who's my favourite player in the world. Really? I love Thomas Muller. That's, that's fine. I, I love Muller. I, I I don't know why I just always have like since like oh nine I've just been a massive fan of him. There. So you know I just see like I see him and I can see like there's production there, but I just need you to drag it out in terms of the mold, the mold of the player. I think you mean, isn't it? Yeah, like they're both like Shemi's very second strikers. Yeah, yeah, second strikers. Yeah, Shemi's just yeah, yeah. What did you think about Kai yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Like, like. Carell said, I just want to see it consistently because I've got no doubts about his talent at all. And I said it on the main pod that the talent is there, whether he shows it consistently is down to him, innit? Um, again, if he could give us that four or five games in a row, that's what we need, innit? Um, but yeah, he was he was amazing. Like, the winnable came up to him. It stuck. And that's something that um, I raised on the Patreon when mm-hmm. I said, um, when, when I was talking to you and I was saying how I found um, he was getting dominated by centre-backs too easily. I mm-hmm. feel like yesterday, it was a different story. Like, he was actually he was holding something physically. When the ball went up to him, he would he would hold it up or he'd set it off. Um, mm-hmm. And he was dribbling as well. He was dribbling past players down yeah. the right-hand side. Yeah. Um, he was carrying the ball because Kai's got athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, Kai's actually, he, he, his acceleration is good. Like, as he runs, he gets quicker mm-hmm. with the ball because yeah. um, he's, got, he's got long strides with his, with his, with his tall frame. Um, so, yeah, he was, he, was, he was really, really good and I was very impressed with his performance. And, again, um, a nice composed assist for the goal. Um, yeah. yeah, just an all-round top, top quality performance. That's, that's just, that, that game just epitomises what Kai's about and what his, what his skill set is. And if you can produce that on a regular basis, then... We'll, win, we'll, we'll definitely win a lot of games. So, so where are we at now with Kai in terms of, okay, cool. If Kai is performing for Chelsea, where do you want to see him playing? Uh, Carell first in the journey. Where do I want to see him play? Do you know what it is? Yeah, I, I, I know deep in my heart, Lukaku and Kai can work. Mm-hmm. But 
with that, I want to see... I do want to see him try back like on that right half space position just because I know Lukaku is going to come back in when he's fully fit and just see even if Lukaku is not hitting I know you're not the biggest fan of him Dan but if why he's not pulling hitting, me out I asked for your opinion why are you attacking me and my opinion? you know why because you turned you turned our Kai pod into a <laughs> Philippe Lukaku pod so <laughs> I'm going to mention it. so you have to continue it happens but yeah what I'm saying is um, even if Lukaku is not doing his thing and he's doing his thing then by all means, take that nine spot back. But I just want to see him consistently playing as well as he did. And I think he can do that in any of those three front three positions. It's just about him applying himself. What's, what's interesting, and I'll come to you, Shemi, on where you think he should be, but obviously towards the end of the match, we switched to that 3-5-2. And we've played 3-5-2. Not, that wasn't the first time. And yeah, like we ended the game with Havertz and Lukaku playing together. Um, so, and then Kai was on the right this time. A lot of times when they played together, Kai's been one on the left and Lukaku's been on the right, but they switched. It was interesting. Kai on the right and Lukaku on the left. But um, Shemi, coming to you, uh, Kai's on form, Lukaku's on form too. All of this bullshit that I hate Lukaku, that's my brother. You know what I'm saying? Both bald, both got the, I'm, I'm growing a beard. Yeah, this sound like your brother that day. <laughs> but Shemi, what, where do you see Kai if he's a regular in the team? I think it's definitely I think his best position is essentially that false nine mm-hmm. his position down the middle but um, I think Kai in terms of his talents he's good enough to play like Kuro said there's half mm-hmm. spaces so I want to see him play um, I want Lukaku to come back in just because I feel like um, there's there's, a, there's certain games where we play where we just need a, a little bit more of a physical presence up there mm-hmm. um, and I feel like Lukaku has got the, the, the striker instincts if that makes sense, if you feed him. Um, so, yeah, I just want to see... I want to see Kai, um, when Lukaku comes back in, um, try it again in the right channel. But I don't want him to kind of be fixated there. I kind of want, like, if he, if if Chico can kind of instruct him to be a bit more... Um, a bit free. more free. Yeah, free. What about... What about James down that side. Let me, let me pitch this, then. What about 3-5-2 with Mount left central midfield... And then Jorginho Anko with another midfielder, let's say Kante Kovacic. And then Kai and Lukaku, double strike. Perfect. So you're is with it, that, bro. Is, is it perfect? Because um, we, we tried that, don't we? We were doing that against um, Tottenham, um, against Brent, no, not Brentford. Was it 3-5-2? Yeah, we played 3-5-2 three, three, against Tottenham and Mount played the 10 and we had two split forwards. I'm not talking about 10. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about... Wait, wait. Say it again, please, sorry. Okay, let me just quickly say it again. So, 3-5-2, I'm talking about free midfield. That's the end of yesterday. Mount left central midfield. Mm -hmm. Jorginho anchor, and then Kante right central midfield, for for example. And then Kyle Lukaku twin strikers. That's not what I want. I'm just trying to please you. Is that... that, You see, Dan, Dan, the template for that is, especially the way um, Reese and Chilwell are playing at the moment. Obviously, Chilwell is out of... Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, but Tottenham 16-17 with Kane and Deliali, that partnership it, okay, they're not the same, but it's very similar in terms of how you can utilise them both, it's just them understanding which spaces they both want to occupy we don't even have together. to go to and we they haven't even played have, a run of games together yeah, we don't even have to go to Tottenham Pardon? we don't even have to go to Tottenham, but Johnson and Hasselbeck, do you know what I'm saying? One like a second striker, yeah. or maybe I'm old. But Shemi, what do you think of that? Um, I'm just trying to fit your players in because I know you. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it could definitely work, but my, my only issue is from what I've seen of it this season, I haven't. It hasn't. Fair enough. Great. That's, right. that's my only issue. It hasn't looked great this season. I'm trying to remember all, all the games, but I know it's been a few. Cool. That they've done it, and it just hasn't looked too good. All right, do you know what? Uh, we're gonna watch hopefully someone get dunked. I want Man United to get dunked or Arsenal, but, but someone I just want someone to, to lose. Uh, we're about to watch that match. So, Karel, thanks for joining. Can you give us a final plug of reactionary? Um, che- Chelsea fans, I put my name behind it. It's a good pod, I think similar vibes to us, but obviously, apparently, we are old uh, and they're young. Um, hey, so- hey, 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 <laughs> okay, hey, not all of us, maybe, hey, maybe just me. But Karel, <laughs> hey, man. I know you like these boomers, but get down with the kids. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> now, nah, check out Reactionary Blue um, podcast. 
you know, there's myself, there's a whole load of other cast members. I think there's like 16 or 17 of us in total. So we do alternate, but we're all great personalities, just passionate Chelsea fans. Um, and like I said, Manchester has always been a very good, great template for us to look up to in our infancy. So, you know, I'm glad we have this relationship with you guys. And, you know, check us out as, as well as checking out Chelsea Hour every week because, you know, it's two great Chelsea pods, man. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be doing a lot of work together. Shemi, as always, thanks for coming. And to the Jesse listeners, uh, we will hear from you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.